Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. And on today's episode, what we're going to be talking about is where should you pull funds from first in retirement? So retirement is a huge transition. You know, you go from working your whole life and when you're working, you have a paycheck and that paycheck should cover all of your needs. You know, with that, you're paying for groceries, you're paying for utilities, you're paying for travel, you're paying your taxes. And you have, for the most part, one fixed paycheck that allows you to do all that. Well, when you retire, that's no longer the case. When you retire, you have to create your own paycheck. There's not a company that's sending you a paycheck bi-weekly. It's completely up to you to ensure that you have enough income coming in to meet your expenses. So that's going to be the topic for today's episode is when you do retire, where should you pull funds from first? Whether you have savings accounts or IRAs or 401ks or just different assets, how do you understand where you should pull from first to be in a position to create that paycheck for yourself? So what we're going to do on today's episode is we're going to walk through a framework that you should walk through as your coming up with your own retirement income plan. Everything from how should you approach this, some general rules of thumb, all the way to some more specific strategies for those of you that want to get more in depth and want to be able to squeeze as much as possible out of the investments in your situation that you possibly can. So let's start with this. The number one thing that you should always be looking at when it's coming to where should you pull funds from first in retirement isn't actually your retirement funds. The first thing that you want to look at is what fixed income sources will you have? Now, when I say fixed income, I'm not talking about bonds. A lot of people refer to bonds as fixed income. I'm talking about a different type of fixed income and truly fixed income that's not actually coming from your portfolio. So this could be something like social security. This could be something like pension income or rental income or maybe annuity income. Really, it's any income that you have coming in that's not requiring to take funds out of your savings account or out of your portfolio. That's what I mean by fixed income because where you want to start when you're understanding Where should you pull funds from first from retirement? Well, the first question is really how much do you need from your portfolio? And to understand how much you need from your portfolio, it comes down to two things. Number one, it comes down to how much you're going to need to spend in retirement. And hopefully you've gone through that exercise before you retire. And then number two, how much of your fixed income sources? So again, social security, pension, things like that. How many of those expenses will be covered by those sources? Once you understand that, then you get a really clear sense of how much actually has to come from your portfolio. So for example, maybe you need to spend $100,000 per year in retirement to meet all of your goals and to live comfortably. Well, great. Let's assume that $100,000 is how much you need to generate in total between all of your income sources. Well, then let's also assume that maybe you and a spouse are collecting Social Security and that the combined benefit is $45,000 per year from Social Security. Great. Now what we see is if you need $100,000, And if you have $45,000 already coming in from fixed income sources, the remaining $55,000, that's what actually needs to come from your portfolio. So if we don't start with that, if you don't start with understanding what non-portfolio income sources will you have and what's the shortfall between those non-portfolio income sources and your expenses, if you don't start with that, you just won't even know how much you need from your portfolio. So that's always step one. Once that's complete and you understand exactly how much income you need to pull out of your portfolio each year. Then from there, you want to understand how different types of accounts are taxed. So let's assume that you go into retirement with a Roth IRA and you have a traditional IRA and you have a taxable account. Well, all of those are taxed very differently. The Roth IRA, you will never pay taxes on that money again. That money doubles, triples, quadruples. That is tax-free for the rest of your life. 
your IRA, so this could be a 401k, could be a traditional IRA, a SEP IRA, anything like that, that's tax deferred, which means as that money is growing, you get the benefit of not having to pay taxes on any dividends or growth or capital gains. But when you pull that money out, whatever amount you pull out is taxable. So if you have a million dollars, for example, in your IRA and you pull out 50,000, well, the full million isn't taxable, but that 50,000 is taxable at ordinary income rates. And then finally, you have taxable accounts. So this could be an individual account, a joint account, a trust account. Really, it's just any investment that you have that's not in a qualified retirement account, which would be like that IRA or 401k. With taxable accounts, they're taxed differently than both of those, where any money that you put into your taxable account and invest, you can pull that money out tax-free, but any gains on that money, any dividends, any interest payments, all of those are taxable. So it's important to know that at a foundational level because when it comes to pulling money out of your portfolio in retirement, the general rule of thumb is you want to let your Roth grow as long as it possibly can. So your Roth IRA, if you have one, that might be one of the best tools that you have, one of the best investment accounts that you have for the rest of your life simply because you can get whatever growth you want on that money and you never have to worry about paying taxes on it. So that's an account you really want to preserve. And for that reason, if you can let that grow as long as possible, that's a good thing to do. The next best type of an account in general of these three that I mentioned is your tax deferred accounts. So your traditional IRAs, your traditional 401ks, things like that, where, you know, they're not tax free forever because when you pull that money out, it will be taxable. But as you're earning dividends and capital gains and growth along the way, that is tax deferred. So that's kind of the second group of accounts you want to preserve as long as possible. Maybe it's not as long as the Roths, but as long as you can. Whereas the third type, so the taxable accounts, which are like your individual accounts, your joint accounts, your trust accounts, there's no tax benefits to that. Now you can manage it in a tax efficient way and and there's different tax implications for different types of investments that you own, but there's really no tax benefits to that. So that's the type of an account that generally speaking, you might want to live on first. So this is good to know as a starting point because as you're looking at Roth accounts versus pre-tax accounts versus taxable accounts, Try to preserve the most tax-efficient accounts as long as possible. So in the Roth IRAs, maybe those are the accounts that you spend on as late in retirement as possible. Then secondly, try to preserve your IRAs and 401ks as long as possible, but spend those down before you spend down your Roth IRAs. And then the first thing that you're often going to look at is your taxable accounts. Spend those down as you need money earlier on in retirement, because with that money, you're not getting any tax-deferred growth. So might as well use that money while allowing your IRAs and Roth IRAs to grow with some tax benefits. So that's kind of a general approach of if you're looking at retirement and where should you pull funds from first, that's maybe like a rule of thumb or, or an approach that works in general. It certainly works a lot better than the alternative, which is spending down your Roth IRA first and then your traditional IRAs, and then finally your taxable accounts much later on in retirement. Now, just because that's a rule of thumb or because that's a general approach does not mean that it's best. So let's actually go through some specific approaches and use some examples because there is a lot of good planning that goes into this to understand where should you pull funds from first in retirement. In large part, that's going to be driven by taxes. Taxes both that you can expect to pay today versus taxes that you might expect to pay in the future based upon your income levels and your asset balances and where you expect those to be down the road. Let's take an example to illustrate this. Let's assume that you have a pension, you have social security, and you just retired. And you know what your expenses are. And your pension and your social security, they cover a portion of that. But even after that, you still have another, say, 40000 per year that you're going to need to pull from your investments or from your savings to live on. So in that case, where do you go first? Well, you could do what we just talked about, the general approach of if you have a taxable account, so maybe you have a joint investment account with your spouse, you could pull those funds from first or pull funds from there first 
allowing your IRAs and Roth IRAs to keep going. So that's one thing. But let's maybe look at a better approach. Let's assume that in, in addition to coming up with a retirement plan, you're also looking at your tax picture. And you know that just from your Social Security and your pension, you have $60,000 of taxable income. So your gross income minus your any deductions. Let's just assume for simplicity that that's at 60000 Here's why that's so important to know and how that ties into where you should pull funds from first in retirement. If you know that your taxable income is 60000 and if you know that if you file taxes, married, filing jointly, that once your taxable income exceeds $80,250, then you jump from the 12% tax bracket into the 22% bracket at the federal level. Well, when you can see that, if you know, okay, I have $20,000 of gains or of income that I can realize while still staying in the 12% tax bracket, but any income that's realized above that is now going to be taxed at 22%, great. Now, if I have a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA and a taxable account, I'm not just pulling the full amount from the taxable account. Maybe I'm pulling part from my IRA to say, okay, can I pull some money out of my IRA because that's going to be treated as ordinary income, but I can do so and pay a relatively low tax on that, say 12%, like we're using this example. Then the remaining amount, I don't want to pull the full amount from the IRA because if I do that, that's going to put some money in the 12% tax bracket, but the other funds are going to be, I'm going to be paying 22% tax on. So let's not take the whole amount from the IRA. Let's take part from the IRA and let's say take part from the taxable account or a savings account, at least a portion they could pull out completely tax-free. So what that does is it gives me the full $40,000 that I need to live on, but it does so strategically where I'm taking some money out that is taxable, but I'm paying a low tax bill on that. And the other amounts that otherwise would have been taxed at higher tax brackets, well, I'm pulling those out in a way that's tax-free, either because it comes from a Roth IRA or because I'm pulling money from savings that's already been taxed or investments that have already been taxed. And in doing that, you're creating an approach that's not just following a, a rule of thumb of pull from this type of account first and then that account and that that account. That's helpful. But what's better is understanding where you stand in relation to different tax brackets and then pulling income from the types of accounts that make sense to do so based on how pulling from that account will be taxed. So I know that this gets a little bit more complicated, but this is the key when it comes to where should you pull funds from first in retirement, you should pull them from the account that's going to make the most sense from a tax perspective to do so. And it's not just looking at today's tax brackets. For example, if you needed $40,000 per year, going back to that example, well, if you took all that money from savings, let's assume you had a big chunk in savings, great, that's not going to be taxed at all. So you could you could theoretically keep yourself in a very, very low tax bracket for the next few years if you're living on just cash in your social security and pension and you're in the 12% or lower tax bracket. So that seems like a good plan, but let's also assume that you have a fairly large 401k. Maybe it's a million dollars or a couple million dollars. Well, if that's the case and you retire at 65, you cannot just let that IRA or 401k continue growing tax-free forever. It's going to grow tax deferred, which means while it's in the 401k, it's not going to be taxable. But let's assume that you do have $2 million and that you're just pulling money from savings accounts to live on for the next seven years. Well, all of a sudden, when you turn 72, you're going to be required to start taking money out of your 401k. Whether you want to or need to or not, you have required minimum distributions that begin at age 72. So if you began retirement with a couple million dollars in your portfolio and your 401k and you didn't touch that, and let's just assume that just kept growing and it grew from 2 million to 2.2 to 2.5 to 3 million, let's assume that it's now worth three and a half million dollars. You started with two and it grew quite a bit and you didn't pull from it. So it's now three and a half million dollars. 
Well, now all of a sudden at age 72, you might still have that same pension and still have that same social security. And on top of that, now you are going to be forced to start taking money out of your 401k and you have to start taking a percentage of it. That's how the required minimum distribution starts. It's usually somewhere around 3.8% or so that first year of having to take distributions and that will really add up quickly. So if by that point, again, you have social security coming in, you have a pension coming in and you have three and a half million dollars in your 401k, congratulations. But now 3.8% of that, well, that comes out to $133,000 per year, which means you are going to be required to take that on top of social security, on top of your pension. And that's likely more than you'll actually need at that point. So you have more income coming in than you need, which can be good. But the bad side of that, the downside really is that's all taxable. So what you've done is you saved yourself a bunch of taxes in the first few years of retirement, but you did so at the expense of your latter years into retirement because that required distribution kicks in. And not only did it kick in, but it increases each year. So if this year you're taking 133,000 now as your required distribution, next year it might be 140 and then 145 and then 150. And so that's an amount that's going to continue to grow over time. So those are just a couple of examples of understanding how taking out money from the right types of accounts driven by a tax strategy should be the most important thing that you're considering when it comes to where should you pull funds from first in retirement. So just a few other examples of things you want to be mindful of when it comes to pulling money out in retirement. So number one, we just talked about this, not setting yourself up for a huge required minimum distribution in the future. If the majority of your funds are in an IRA or 401k or other pre-tax account, you may want to access that earlier just because if you don't, you're going to have to pay significant required distributions in the future. So if you can live on some of that today to keep the balance down a little bit, that might help to smooth out your tax bill as opposed to deferring your IRA distributions until a future date, but then having to take too significant of a distribution to keep yourself in a low tax bracket. So that's one thing. Another thing is understanding how social security taxes work. So social security, some states tax it, some don't, but at the federal level, it is either going to be, you're either going to include 0%, 50% or 85% of your social security benefit in your taxable income. And the way that works is social security is something called provisional income. And the higher your provisional income, the more of your social security benefit that you're going to include when you file taxes, the more of it is going to be included in your taxable income. So if you understand how that works and understand the different sources of income that you can draw from and how that's going to impact your tax situation, you know, whether you pull money from a Roth IRA or traditional IRA or taxable account, That's important because if you can pull from the right places, you could potentially keep a lot less of your social security benefit from being taxed, depending upon how much you have in assets and what your other income sources are. Also, another thing that this impacts is what are called IRMA surcharges. So this is essentially the premium that you're paying for Medicare Part B. And if you are married finally and jointly, if your income is under $174,000, then you're not going to pay any extra premium on your Medicare Part B and Part D premium. However, if your income is above $174,000 and you're married finally and jointly, then you do start paying additional premiums or additional amounts for your premiums for Part B and Part D. And one way that this matters when it comes again to where you should pull funds from first in retirement is let's say that you're right at $170,000. So you're $4,000 away from that surcharge amount and you still need another $20,000 to live on. Well, do you pull some of it from a Roth IRA or a savings account or an investment account that you've already paid taxes on so you don't cross that threshold up into the next tax bracket and cost yourself additional premium charges with Medicare. 
So those are just a few examples. Of course, there's certainly more, but the point I'm trying to get across is that where you should pull funds from first retirement is driven less by what account can create the most income because theoretically you can own the same investments in each account. So they could, again, theoretically create the same amount of income for you. What really should be a bigger driver than that is what's the tax impact of pulling from different accounts, not just today, because it's relatively easy to keep taxes low in one single year. It's more how do you keep taxes low as much as possible across the entirety of your retirement. So just to summarize what we've talked about so far today, when it comes to where should you pull funds from first retirement, number one thing you want to start with is what are the non-portfolio income sources, you might call these fixed income sources that you'll have in retirement. Understand how much is coming in from social security, pension, rental income, other non-portfolio income sources. What that does is it allows you to say that of all the expenses that you have, how much are covered by those non-portfolio income sources and the difference, that's what needs to come from your portfolio. That's the amount that you can plan for more strategically to see, okay, how do you pull that money out to bridge the gap between your expenses and your non-portfolio income sources? From there, the general approach is try to let your Roth IRAs grow as long as possible. Those are the best tax benefits. Try to prevent yourself from spending those, if at all possible, until later on in retirement so they can continue to get as much tax-free growth as possible. After that, your IRAs and your 401ks, other pre-tax accounts, those are the second most beneficial from a tax standpoint. Try to let those grow tax-deferred, but not quite as long as the Roth IRAs. In a general sense, spend those down before you spend down your Roth IRAs. And then finally, what you often spend first is things like your taxable accounts, individual accounts, joint accounts, trust accounts. That's the general approach. But as we saw, your specific situation should be driven by your specific situation. What tax bracket are you in? What's that going to look like both today and in the future? And how do you pull funds from your different investment accounts in order to manage your tax bracket most effectively both today and in the future? So I hope that was helpful just as an overview of when it comes to retiring and where you should pull funds from first, how should you think about this? Of course, everyone's situation will be different, but this general approach I think is one that's helpful as you think about what makes most sense for you. So thank you as always for listening and I will see you all next time on another episode of Ready for Retirement. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.